0: You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, Season Two, New Intro. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 do you love her 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 one time for the lovers two times for the ladies three times for the brothers four
1: times for the babies do you love her 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 brown skin love a brown skin love for brown Brown skin,
0: love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg E. Hill, the culture change agent man. I'm excited. You know why? Because I looked on the home page a couple of days ago. I saw Black Voices in Business, and then I saw the boy Mug, Top 10 Black Voices in Business. Man, I was excited. And most importantly, I was excited because I saw so many other podcasts that I didn't ever know about. So I done been listening, Googling, researching, following, snapping about all these other podcasts, and I'm excited to hopefully interview some of those guests and talk with them. And um, I'm encouraged, so shout out to iTunes, and most importantly, shout out to you. Shout out to you for continuing to download our podcast, for continuing to share with your friends, for continuing to leave a review, all that great stuff, man. So thank you so much. And you already know I'm about the plug. Make sure you leave a dang review. <laughs> if you've been listening for a while, You love the podcast, I get your emails, I get your tweets, I get your snaps saying, oh, man, great podcast, great podcast. I'm referring to a friend. But please make sure you leave a review too. all right, all right, all right? And I'm not going to hold y'all too much on the updates before we get into an episode. I just want to warn you, this episode is a little bit more relaxed with the business jargon. It's really just back and forth with a great brother that I call a friend, that I call, he's not a mentor. We're about the same age, but he be spitting some real knowledge about uh, branding about the state of America, the state of black America, about dating relationships not like Rob Hill advice type stuff, no, no disrespect to Rob Hill, but not like that, that can relationship talk, but just some real stuff and helps you think from a different perspective. So, this podcast, if you're looking for a lot of tips and strategies and business principles, this one might not be for you, but if you're just thinking for raw, real, organic conversation from two brothers, this, um is trying to make waves in society for the culture than this is for you so this is a podcast for our millennials that are that are branding and millennials that are enjoy good conversation and those that just want to hear good conversation and good talks and I apologize for my phone just going off right then so without further ado I'm gonna jump into it and also I will be sharing If it's not this episode, but in a couple more episodes, I just want to do a full recap on lessons learned via the podcast. I want to give you all so many resources that I use every day to be productive, to stay motivated, and some things things that may help you in your your business life or your personal life. So I'm going through a lot of resources, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of things that I've learned from my guests via the podcast and go through that whole nine. It's going to be one of the first... Solo podcast I do as well as man, I'm going to be putting out soon feelers for the conference. I know I've been talking about it, but really putting that together as well as building a team to help continue to curate this minority trailblazer brand because we have a lot. This is Starbucks season three, but I really want to build out this team. So for those that inquire about like building out a team, want to be a part of this 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 conference or I would definitely be uh, showcasing the avenues and where you can reach out to me. So without further ado, man, let's jump right into episode 36. We have six more six more episodes left in season two. Then we'll take a month break and then we'll jump right back into it for season three. And I got a heavy hitter that's coming to lead off season three. But without further ado, let's jump into episode 36. All right? On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower and inspire our current and future generations of leaders and as y'all already know i am incredibly excited about today's guest man like i I, words can't explain how much man y'all better tune in that's all i got to say that's all i gotta say let me just read a snippet of the bio He's a recent recipient of the HBCU Buzz 30 under 30. He's a 2011 honors graduate of Hampton University. I ain't gonna hold that against him, (laughs) where he was a captain of the football team. After graduation, he went on to receive his master's degree in international relations from Webster's University. Prior to completing his master's, he serves as the first assistant dean of the Young Alumni Development at Hampton University and as a student development counselor at Maya Angelou's Public Charter School in Washington, D.C. He has held key roles in various organizations. I'm talking about, of course, he's my brother in Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, Incorporated, The League, Sweden Lifestyle, and he's also a master brand developer with over 100 plus global events under his belt. And he's established himself as a credible individual in a world of high end events. His end goal is completing his Ph.D., which utilizing his passion and community involvement, as well as I would like to welcome Mr. Just Know I'm Working to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Carson Bird.
1: What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Man, no doubt.
0: No doubt. Yeah, man, we about to get into the show, man. How are you doing today, man? I'm blessed, man.
1: I'm blessed and highly favored.
0: Uh, already, man. So, as as you already know, if anybody that's been listening to the Minority Trail Up podcast, we always start to show off with a quote. So, Carson, take us away. Share with our audience a quote or a mantra and a story on how you apply it to your everyday life.
1: Probably probably a story. I'll tell the story about just knowing working and how it came about. Um, I was I was living in Beijing, China. Um, I got a Facebook message from a dear friend of mine asking me what I was doing in life. And at that time, it was like, uh, you know, I was about 23, 24. I was about 24. And for throughout my life, you know, in our digital age, we got so used to explaining what we were doing tit for tat, you know, because if you don't tell people, then you're not doing nothing. And then I simply replied, just know I'm working. I said it in a kind of like, you know, slick, slick mouth type of thing, slick mouth kind of way. Next thing I know, it was his Facebook message. It was his, I mean, his Facebook profile. (laughs) Then it was my mom's Facebook profile. And then it's just something that I started to live by, you know, just while I'm working. Just because it's not seen doesn't mean it's not transpiring. I think in our digital age, you know, we post everything. We update everything. We got a show every day. We working, we working, we working. Some days you just, you know, you got to fall off the scene and let, let people wonder, and let people talk and let people, you know, figure out because at the end of the day, while you wait and just know I'm working.
0: As we always start off, we talk about the past, the present and the future of, to all, I guess. So let's dig deep. Let's go from the, from the beginning. This is your time to really share your story and let our audience know kind of who you are and where you're from. Who is Carson Bird before 30 on the 30, before just non working, before hosting parties in 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 DC and doing the thing on ATL and LA on the West Coast and doing all this stuff? Where are you from and who are you, man? Uh,
1: Um, I'm Carson Bird, man, son of God. Um, I'm passionate, authentic, and relevant. Those are the three, three terms that I best describe myself. Um I was born in Syracuse, New York, but Dayton, Ohio, West Dayton, Ohio, is my home. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up with Midwestern values. I believe in hard work. I believe in manifesting your destiny. And I'm just a big proponent of changing what it is to be a black man in America. Um, That's really my passion. It's like... I, I hate being typecast. I hate, you know, as black men they make us choose, you know, you are gonna be this, you are gonna be that. And I'm like I think we should be all of them, you know. Um, that's me. Uh my favorite my favorite artist is Gucci Man and, and my favorite book is probably uh The Soul of Black Folks. So I'm just kinda that I'm on both spectrum of the fence. I'm just a just a normal cat from Ohio, man. You know, I'm no different than any of my uh the people that I grew up with, I, I my biggest blessing was I jumped off the porch and I left. So I just I, that's me. I owe I owe a lot to my upbringing, where I come from. I said it all the time, like Dayton is just a middle of the road of town, you know. Mm-hmm. You got white collar, you got blue collar, um, very, very good athletic base. We all grew up in a factory, so we got that 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 system, that that hard work work ethic, um, black, white, Jewish, Mexican. Like it's just it is what it is. And then I grew up in a place where, like, I went to all-black high school. My dentist was black. My lawyers was black. I just grew up around black excellence. So, what I'm doing now is what I'm like. I don't think it's too special. It's just this is what I'm supposed to do based on how I was raised.
0: Nah, I got you. I got you. Who, did did you uh, do you have any siblings?
1: I was raised in a single parent household. My mother and her sister raised me. My aunt has a daughter, Ria, which is my sister, in all sense of the word sister. We've been together since she was born. So, yeah, like I grew up in an all-female household, so um, got a lot of female cousins, aunties, grandmas, and stuff like that. And I was one of, it was maybe out of 60 uh, uh, sixty people in an immediate family, it was maybe like 11 males, so mm-hmm. a very female-dominant family, but that also gave me my driving my passion because them as women being able to accomplish a lot of things in business and entrepreneurship it gave me the motivation to jump off the porch at an early age
0: I got you when you say business and entrepreneurship did your family have a background in that like what kind of gave yeah. you this exposure to it can you can you talk to that
1: yeah my mom she's a creative you know she um she jD um has a master's in divinity um oh, wow. lead consultant. But her and my aunt, they were the first school developers in the state of Ohio. If anybody knows anything about charter schools, my mother and my aunt were the first black uh, black women in the state of Ohio to receive a grant for a charter school back in 1997. Mm-hmm. So when I was like, what was that, ten years old, ten nine nine years old, I saw my mom and my aunt managing a five million dollar budget. You know, they are great. Yeah, so I've been around money for a long... Well, a business for a long time. And then my mother before that, you know, outside of being a lawyer, her side hustle was a wedding planner. My aunt did nails. Um, we always, you know, I've been going to like trade shows, selling merch since I was like four years old. My grandfather owned a nightclub. So I've been in the event since I was nine years old, working the door at the nightclub. So I just... I've been around it. I, I think it's normal. Like I didn't, I didn't know... I don't, that's what normal is to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Nah, I got you. I got you. So transition. Let's take us to high school, man. Because I know um, you you play football and you you did that. But I know you're really big on. We talked about it earlier. Not being typecast. So what 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 were your other interests growing up in high school other than just playing football or or that was
1: you were all interested in? Oh uh, no, no no no! I didn't start playing football till I was seventeen. Oh, I man. actually. Uh, I went to I went to a pretty unique um, school. It was called Stivers School for the Arts. So mm-hmm. I entered Stivers when I was in the seventh grade um, as a theater major. So I went to school to be a uh, to be a trained actor. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing was my high school didn't have a football football team, so I transferred my junior year to the local high school so I could play football. But um, I went to high school, you know, a performing arts high school. I was a basketball player. Probably play. I played growing up with about nine guys that are currently on NBA rosters. You know, I was a pretty big kid, so I was always athletic, but it wasn't football, it was basketball. I got to like 6'2 at like 16 and I stopped growing. I was like, all right. (laughs) Same here. Yeah, I don't feel like learning how to become a guard, so let me go try out football. And I played football for like 15 games, and 15 games, I got like 40 scholarship offers. So it was kind of like, it just happened and never was playing. I never wanted to. I never grew up like want to go to the NFL or nothing like that. You know, I just, I was just like, I want to go to school for free. My mom got sick when I was kind of like later, later on mm-hmm. in high school. And I knew, I knew, uh, you know, they put me in private school as a kid. So my, my, I was going to repay them back by getting a scholarship. You know, I was academically gifted, but sports was always a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? I was a big guy. So I took advantage of, of what God blessed me with. And that's how I started playing football. But I, I didn't, I didn't like start off I didn't start playing football till I was seventeen. That's
0: crazy, man. So what would you, like when you were when you were growing up, and, and I know this is the cl- most cliche question, but I always try to ask my guests, like what was your was you was you, what was your passion growing up or what did you like to do? What'd you do with all your time?
1: Uh, I'd be completely honest. Like I've just been about ideas since a little boy. Mm-hmm. Like from DJing. I just was I just was always intrigued like I told my mom when I was probably like ten years old, I wanted to be I wanted to be the first Carson Bird, and she laughed and she said, "What's that mean?" And I said, "I think since I was ten years old, I've been on a journey to find out who Carson Bird is, but I wanted to be the first one because mm-hmm. um, growing up, like the person that I kind of like looked up to and, and, and just loved his aura was uh, Sean Combs as well as Master P. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very hip hop centric household. I just loved that you could you could. You could become famous from being who you are. You know, I think a lot of people out here are like such and such as a lawyer, such and such as a doctor, such and such as those are all like specific services. But who really gets paid just to be themselves? Like Carson Bird is a Carson Bird. You know, I'm paying him to be Carson. Like I think that's just that's all I really wanted to do. From my ideas, from the way I carry myself, from my content, I want people to pay me to be me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
0: so how could, I mean, just, just off the dome How could somebody, just in general If they just came Carson Burry, man, I admire what you do I admire you being your own brand How can I be me? Because I mean, e- even though There's a lot of people that, that ask that all, the question all the time Like, I mean, about passion About, I'm trying to be more myself I'm trying to be more confident What advice would you give to somebody out there That is just trying to find themselves Because I mean, it seems like you're very comfortable In who you are but what would you tell somebody? What would you what what would you try to walk them through to be like, yo? I just want to be myself.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think uh, like I go back to just on working, just long working component. Um, we go through failure, you know what I'm saying? When you or, or perceive failure and stuff like that, it make you reevaluate who you are as a as a person, especially as a black man. But for me, it was just like I became Carson. I'm not going to say by accident, but I guess it was God, it was God, God ordained, but I ain't had no other choice. Like a lot of, I was put in certain situations where I had to be Carson, you know, like I, I didn't have time to wait to become a doctor or a lawyer or then so I had to make money right away. So it was like, how am I going to make it? I, I know what I'm good at. I'm excellent. I'm an excellent um, talker. You know, God blessed me with the gift of gab. I understood how to connect with people. Um, I don't know. I, to answer the question, I would just say be, be. I think this is the the issue with people though. They don't know how to be themselves unless they know how to make money off of it. You look at a lot of the guys oh, that are rap. Oh man, rappers, say
0: that again. Like, Goodness gracious, boy.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the that's the wrong way to be about it. Like you should be who you are with zero dollars in your pocket. But a lot of people are who they are based off of what's going to get them paid, and that's why you have so many people. I hate I hate this thing. Uh, re-strategizing my brand. You should <laughs> re-strategize your brand if you want. Hundred. If you if you if you are who you are. You, you restrategizing Now you i mean you could take more pictures you know <laughs> you could take like, it. yeah but it, how you going to restrategize who you are you know and and i think that i would say the answer to the question is a lot of people get in the business before they find out who they who they are as a person or who they are as a man or who they are as a woman once you are secure with who you are then you could be secure in your business a lot of people start making money before they find out who they are as people i'm a prime example started off in hip-hop promotion. I was the promo gorilla. I loved it. I was killing it. And then it was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to promote gun violence and, and uh, promiscuity. Like, I don't know if that's really set well with me, but I wouldn't have had to transition or had to readjust if I would have knew who I was as a person. But that's what, growth, that's what growth is about. So just take the time to really get to know who you are as a person, you know, and... Mm-hmm. You know, I used to talk about upcoming projects I'm, I'm releasing. I'm actually doing a personal development uh, personal development component to the Just Know i working brand. It's mm-hmm. called Gotta Know Yourself. And I think once people know themselves, like, it, it'll be a lot easier. A lot of people out here lying to themselves. Yeah, I, I used to lie to myself. Like, I, I can do X, Y, and Z. And now I'm just brutally honest with Carson. Like, Carson, I'm not going to do that. Not talking about talking to yourself in third person, but just being honest with yourself. like. Mm-hmm you know every aspect of life you know health dating business people just saying yes because they want the money or yes because i need to get this ring or yes because i I, like man you know that you you're going against who you naturally are and when you do that you're never going to be successful
0: you hit that on the head and it's crazy anytime somebody asks me that question i'm always perplexed i'm like bro i i can't first of all i can't tell you who, who like how to rebrand yourself or how to be yourself like or or how to increase confidence i mean and honestly i don't even really feel comfortable giving you strategies because the fact that you asked me that question i mean this just it's all on you like you know a lot of times we ask questions we already know the answers too so it's it's more so like you said just understanding who you are and just taking that time to reflect because i thought i was weird that Every week, I just sit down at the end of the week, look at my week and say, okay, what good happened? What bad happened? Um, what do I need to improve on? Blah, 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 blah. But then I realized I was telling other people what I did and a lot of people really don't ever reflect. And it's like, yo, you just living life, just going through stuff or, and you can't, you can't even know how much you've grown unless you kind of assess kind of where you are. It's kind of, it's a, it's a very different, a very different space. And I'm glad, I'm glad you definitely brought that up. So now let's transition to the current, your current day to day. Like, I mean, if you can walk us through how did you get to like be, and I understand you have it back in your day when you were, were growing up, you saw it. But now, like I said, you are doing a global consulting you are working in events management you're going coast to coast how did you even get to that point and once you take us there i want to see i want to ask what is the lowest point you've been at
1: i'm working on a lot of stuff like i'm trying to get get a mentor to understand like i've never wrote a business plan down i never i never mapped out anything i just was like i was a big proponent of doing you know what i'm saying i think a lot of times like for me, I'm a thinker. You know what I'm saying? I believe in understanding who you are as a person and I, I'm very much uh into philosophy and religion and stuff like that. I try to figure out the answers, you know, but figuring out the answers require a lot of time. And for me, it was like one thing I've never been as patient. I'm working on that as I mature and I get older. I made a lot of decisions or I made I've been in a lot of situations that I could have prevented if I was a little more patient. But me, I just was like, I just start I just start getting to it. Um the events just kind of came naturally to me. I love people I think the quickest way to change the world is the gathering of people um you put a lot of people in one room you 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 disseminate one idea I think a lot of people will gravitate to it if it was presented the right way um traveling from coast to coast it's just I've been blessed I've been blessed and then also I'm gonna be honest with you is I tell people it's two types of life you can live you can live a comfortable life or you can live an uncomfortable life I live a very uncomfortable life <laughs> but to live to to to, to to experience what I've experienced, I had to be uncomfortable. You no, know, a lot of people at Ernst Young's a lot of people doing a lot of good things, and they got the help. You know, it's just depending on what looks, what success looks for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 27 years old, and I employ people. You know, people, people pay their bills because Carson, what Carson does, that's a boss to me. I could, you know, I could be doing some other things in my life, you know, sitting at, you know, doing some other things. And it, it's a frustrating thing, you know what I'm saying? It's frustrating because you don't, I don't know if I'm doing it right or if I'm doing it wrong. I just know every day I pray to God, thank you for allowing me to get another one. And I pray today is the day that I, you know what I'm saying? I make it I make it big and I wake up every day saying that. And hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Prayerfully, you know, while I'm waiting, just know God is working, you know? That's all I could do, but I, I got into entrepreneurship by, for real, brute force, man. As like I said, as a black man, I'm really big on that. Like I didn't grow up with a father, but I I I look forward to being one mm-hmm. and understanding what it what what sacrifice is and being able to create a system or a template for my son to flourish. Because I, I wasn't I wasn't always blessed with that situation. When I graduated from my masters. I applied to over 170 jobs. I went on maybe like 60 interviews and I got told no. And after a while I became very depressed, you know what I'm saying? I started to look myself in the mirror like, damn, maybe I'm not who I say I am. And it was it was two it was two decisions. It was either keep applying for jobs or start making your own money. So I just went back to new doing doing what I knew how to do. I know how to do events. I know how to public speak and I know how to develop brands digitally. And that's what I do for a living. So, I, I link with people if they want to develop their brand. I, I help consumer brands that want to integrate into the to the urban millennial market. I trademark the word urban millennial. So, for really de- defining what that is for us, that our culture, and all aspects. And, and you know, just know I'm working, trying to develop, you know what I'm saying, developing, just know I'm working. It'd be a, a success advocacy brand or, or the urban millennial version of what would Jesus do? Being able to introduce faith principles into the, to, into the into the mind of millennials as entrepreneurs, because you know it's a process, man. It's definitely a process. It's not easy, but you know somebody gonna do it. We, I don't know. yeah. I would yeah. I would say the 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 biggest lesson that millennials have, or the biggest blessing that we have, is we go through business development while we're also going through personal development. At the end of the day, they both gotta happen. But it's 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 so magical when they happen at the same time. It hurts. It's difficult, but at least we're getting it out the way. So (laughs) we walking in at 35, we already know. I know who I am as a man. I know Mm -hmm. who I am as a business owner. I'm ready to rock and roll. Instead of getting to the money, and then you got to go find yourself. Or find yourself, and then you got to go find the money. Shit, we blessed because it's happening at the same time.
0: Nah, you hit it. You hit it. You hit it on the head, man. There's a lot of things to grab out of that. And the, the two things that I got was, it's a quote That I heard from ET, but I don't know if he's the one that said it, but he said, go where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated. And I think when you spoke about the applying for all those jobs and not getting hearing back from any of them and it's like, yo, but then in your space, you're, you're appreciated. You're appreciated for your insight about the urban millennia. You're appreciated about your savviness as far as marketing, as far as event promoting. You're appreciated for your communication style and whatnot. And that is that, honestly, that is the biggest key in itself because I have a similar situation. I mean, I, I I have multiple corporate jobs. I mean, working for General General Electric, working for Johnson & Johnson, had a crazy internship experience. I mean, and had crazy real world experiences. I threw parties myself. I did all that. And when I got, when I left my job. And I started speaking full time. Things didn't work out as I thought. And I applied to, like yourself, I applied to like 300 and I got like 20 callbacks and no, and one company gave me a job. And check this. In 2011, when I was supposed to graduate, I got a job offer Johnson Johnson starting like 65,000. The job I took last year before I left there. I got 40,000. That's what they said. Like 40,000. If you break that down, like that's, it's just insanity. 40,000 to work full time. And I'm like, how at 26 am I making 30%, 40% less than I was at 21? And that's when you let somebody else define your value. You let somebody else define your worth. You let somebody else put a dollar on you and what you can do. That's the type of stuff that happens. And I just, I love how you said at the end of the day, you started to find your own reality. And I think that's a major, major key.
1: You know, got to know yourself. Like you got to be, you got to be fortified in your flourish, man, you know, uh, for a long time. Like I, like I, and, and the thing was, it was like, I'm learning, I'm learning. A lot of the no's was because I wasn't listening to God. You know, I've been, a, God ordained me an entrepreneur. Like that's who I am, you know, for a long time. It's like, ah, you know. The only reason we want to go get jobs, we want to go get comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you don't grow in comfort, and that was the whole thing. I've grown so much in the in the inconsistency, in the in the mud, in the places a lot of people didn't want to go. You know, and I'm not saying they they not blessed and ordained from God. It's just mine is different. And the worst thing that you can ever do is when you're a visionary, you you want the life of a worker. Be you get what I'm saying? is you always going to be frustrated because you're not supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like in no disrespect to nobody, but that's really what it is for so long. I complain, I complain, why me, why me? Because I was chosen, I was chosen to live this life and and not in a, you know, but to uplift the community and spread the culture. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what God put me on earth to do, to be a thought leader, the one to take the risk. I'm a guinea pig. You know, I pray from this interview, a cat coming behind me, two years younger, five years younger, 10 years younger. He don't got to go through what I had to go through. You know, it's frustrating because I got to be the one to take the risk. But, you know, that's what leaders do. They yeah. take the risk for everybody.
0: Yeah, you hit on the head, man. And to speak on that, to stay right there, what you had to go through. Can you can you share with our audience the top two challenges you have encountered over the last couple of years and what did you learn from them? And and, and tell us what a story. Bring us there. Bring us to those moments.
1: Man, I don't know, bro. I don't, I don't be like I just keep it player, man. I've been through a lot. I would be honest with you, man. I graduated. I graduated, well, August 2013, you know what I'm saying? I had $150 in my name and two bags of luggage. I landed in D.C. I had no car, no job, you know what I'm saying? I was living at Howard Divinity School in a dorm. I had to end up taking a loan out just to, to get a place to live, you know what I'm saying? Like, to eat ramen noodles, you know, and, and I was walking. Like, you know, it was a low point, but now that I look at it, it was also my glow up point to help me find out more about me you know what I'm saying like I'm the type of guy you put me in a room with 10 tigers I'm the one that's going to walk out and, and and god put put god put you in positions to see what you really made of I think we we look at it as a as a as a negative but it's really a positive cuz most people you know I I live by this this saying you know what I'm saying you got to be able to stay solid in the drought you know, like a lot of people, a lot of people say they solid into that drought come. Mm-hmm. You start to see them shaking like leaves, you know what I'm saying? And it was like I put I got put in that drought and it was like sink or swim. 150 to your name, you know what I'm saying? By the by by three months, I already had a thousand dollars in bills, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't owe the I can say this, Carson Bird don't owe nobody no money. Mm-hmm. So that, Yeah, hey, that's that
0: that, that's the testament. Sad, right? Yeah,
1: I don't owe nobody no money. Put it like that, and then uh, probably another thing it was just personal. You know what I'm saying? Going, going through, going through relationship issues. That's probably what grew me up the most. You know what I'm saying? I was probably the most humbling because I tell you like this as a man: when you're going through business development, you're going through pressures, and your girl leave and your girl check out on you. That's really the making of a man. Because you know what I'm saying? Whoever you spend the most time with, it give you the most confidence. And when that person leaves, then you look at yourself and say, "Am I really who I am?" And you just got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight to sustain your dignity. You got to fight to sustain your mind. You got to fight to sustain your your swag. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was, that was what happened to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was down bad, but I made a decision. Like, I don't think nobody down bad. We make a decision to be hurt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It sucks. Like, it sucks because it's like you can't delete the pain, but you make a decision to let the pain enhance you or influence you. I made a decision. You know, like at the end of the day, I'm still Carson Bird, you know. I made some mistakes with it, but it's all good.
0: And you got us to the sweet spot because I don't think we've ever talked about it on this show, but I want to talk about it because I know we have a lot of females listening in. And I just want to pick your brain on it. Voice of the Urban Millennials. As a grinder, as a guy that's always working and puts a lot of stuff on his back, what is your thoughts on maintaining or if it's possible to even maintain a healthy relationship? Because-
1: It's, 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 you see, the thing is, I'll be, i be completely honest. I think one thing that urban millennials don't do is we, we don't allow variables to come into situations. We like to compare, but we don't compare variables. You know, I can never say I'm anything like you. You get what I'm saying? Are you anything like me without saying we have the same variables? It's one thing about black people in America that we don't do. You know what I'm saying? We started 400 years behind. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we say, hey, we're still behind. Yeah, because it wasn't the same variables. No, nobody from any other race can tell me black people are not amazing and not doing what we should be doing right now. Even with all the mishaps and, the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations, we're still ahead of the game because nobody could be dealt the cards we dealt and get there. But, but in relationships, I would say this the difference between men and women. And I, this is what I've noticed is once a man figures it out, he's ready to go forever. Women go through a lot of more phases and learning themselves as people. There's nothing wrong with that. They learn themselves, you know, because girls are mature faster than us, you know. Mm-hmm. But they always think that they got it more than we do. And then it's like, but when a man gets it, if he gets it at 25 or he gets it at 31, once he gets it, he's going to be solid in that foundation. And I think with us, that black people, like entrepreneurship, is it wasn't taught to us culturally. You know, like it's not a thing. But in my ha- my family, it was. So when you date a you, when you dating somebody that doesn't understand entrepreneurship, they you'll never you, the relationships. A lot of relationships just won't work, and it's not because of love; it's just because of practicality. Mm-hmm. You know, like girls right now, like just know I'm working. What success looks for everybody. Success for me never was being a husband. I wasn't raised to be a husband or a father. Oh man! Like I wasn't I wasn't raised that way. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I didn't grow up with a father. I didn't grow up with a, my mother having a husband. I grew I, I was raised to be successful successful for me was being a business owner and being able to employ people and be able to say no and yes on my own terms that was success love was never success for me i know i fell in love and i was like cool this is cool but like i'm not thinking about marriage i'm not thinking about having no kids cuz i'm not rich but then you dating somebody and success for them was getting a job graduating getting a masters getting a ring and you know girls where's my ring give me my ring give me my ring i deserve it i worked hard just as much as We complain about, you know, I apply for 150 jobs. That's how I think a lot of times be in relationships and dating. I've been on, I'm tired. I've been on 150 (laughs) dates. Where's my ring? Where's my ring? Are you going to give me my ring? I don't know if you've seen this or anybody on the podcast seen this. They got a little clip from New York from Flavor of Love. She on that new show, The 15 Seconds. Uh She on a date with the dude. She said, I'm ready. I'm ready for a ring. I'm ready for my eggs to pop. That's how a lot of girls be. Like, they don't care about that dream. They don't care about you grinding. They care about that ring because that's what define for a lot of women, that's what defines them as successful. I'm a business owner. I got my ring, girl. got my babies. What is you doing? I'm better than you. So they looking at you to speed up your flourish. Like, yo, Greg, you need to speed this hustle up because mm-hmm. cause these girls are beating me. Too many girls on Instagram got proposed to, and, they, and they're and they beating me. And I've been with you too long for not me not to, to beat them out. Mm-hmm. You're making me look bad, Greg. You're making me look bad. Yeah, I'm like I thought you loved me. Yeah, I love I love the idea of it, but I need that ring. I need that stability, and that's all women want. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I, I ain't gonna say that. I ain't gonna be biased. But a lot of women, a lot of do, and in that society, that's what it is to be a man. I do. You you provide stability. You provide stability, and it's a lot difficult for us as millennial men to do that because in a marketplace, I graduated 2011. Same with you. Was no jobs, and to be completely honest, women are climbing the corporate ladder a lot faster than us.
0: They jump and they,
1: they out here getting. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but you also got to extend. You, you, it's variables though. If you understand that, you know what I'm saying? You, are, you like we, you know what I'm saying? We're not financially behind. It's just anything. You got to yeah. know yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of it, we're we lying to each other. You know what I'm saying? I clearly identify what you want in life. Mm-hmm. Clearly identify the life you want to live. And then take your time and let God manifest your partner to come into your life. Quit searching, quit dating, quit doing all of that. Just chill out. You know what I'm saying? Keep your body on fleek. Keep your mind short. Like, man, it's a, it's plenty of people, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And be, and be also understanding that it's another thing. People evolve at different times. So you might be ready to go to a next step and your partner is not. Don't mean that's not meant to be your wife or your husband. It's just not meant to be your part, your partner right now. I think I, I know a lot of guys right now that are in committed relationships and are miserable because they had to split up their flourish. Same with females. I know two or three females... That we're dating older men, and the older men are ready to be, you know, I'm ready for a family. And the girl is an entrepreneur, and she like, yo, I'm I'm not nowhere near ready to be a wife, you know. But ooh, the fear—will I ever get this chance to get this ring? The fear, the fear—will I ever be a wife? I'm gonna commit, you know. We got so many people making decisions out of fear, bro. Nah, yeah. we 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 the most fear-driven generation of all time. What if I'm never like my mother? What if I'm never like my father? Like man. You gotta chill out, bro.
0: But the question let's let's turn it to a solution oriented discussion. So, how can we change that culture, though? How can we change that culture of of fear, especially in that that relationship space? And how can we change that culture as men on certain things? I mean, because I mean, sometimes you know, as entrepreneurs, um, kind of like yourself, we have we we run on a different speed, especially when you just you're never really satisfied. So at times, I mean, we can be wrong. I mean, and, and I speak for myself. At times, um, anything else, every, everything I do in my life, I'm always trying to level up, level up, be a speaker, I'm trying to get paid more. I'm trying to impact, impact, more as a consultant or working with the school system, I'm trying to create more engagement, I'm trying to do this. But sometimes it goes into my relationship and dating life too, where I see somebody, they're great, but I'm like, man, this, I can get more. I can do more. And it's just like, I run and I start to become business like that's all i am which we weren't put on this world to naturally be i mean of course you can we can take it back to hunter gather stage they ate what they killed but it's it's, a, it's it's some things that we can change as well so if we can speak to the solutions process like how can we change a few things about that that culture you just spoke about
1: i would be completely honest man like I, i'm big on, on being abstinent and being celibate like I, i've done it before i did a year of abstinence it helped me clear my mind because once once like I'm be completely honest, like we got too many options in our generation, bro. It's hard to make any situations because everything digital. You get mad at somebody going on Instagram. You get mad at somebody. It's like it's just so many people. So it's like who you focus on. And, and at the end of the day, are you ever gonna be focused on yourself? Uh, I would say that the biggest solution, for real, for real, is being completely honest. You know, I'm a man. I, I'm not. I'm not being the best in, in in my dating habits. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, work the the thing is is be completely honest, bro. we at the point now in our lives where everybody's looking for a partner, you know, partner. Mm-hmm. But what happens if you're an eligible bachelor or bachelorette and you're not looking for nothing, none of that, what do you do? How do you keep it, you know, <laughs> how do you keep it 100 Like, Yeah. Because you want that clientele, you want that top-notch, you know, person to date. But the thing is, it's like, okay, the, you've been dating a girl you know, some time, and it's like, okay, what are we doing? And what can you say? But nothing, you know. And it's a, it's a sticky situation. It's just about being honest, though. I think the solution is being very honest about what do you want. I think a lot of us, and this is another thing about men. I'm speaking to the men listeners. You gotta be honest with yourself. You get what I'm saying? I, I'll be honest with you. Like within the first month, a month and a half, I know she got the the potential to be my wife or not. I know, because I know myself. Like I, I'm like, "Mm -mm." but then yeah, and still, we still deal. We still date people. It's like placeholders. You got, you got to eliminate placeholder relationships. Oh man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're not looking for a placeholder relationship and you identify this person to be a placeholder, you need to, you need to, you know, nicely say, Hey, you know what I'm saying? You're a great person. I wish you well in life. I'm here to support you in everything that you do, but I don't think this will, you know, I don't think this is going nowhere. That's just what it is. I've learned. I've learned. I've been in. I've been in some situations that I should have not been in for that long, and you know, that's it. I put. I. I would tell all my fellas, man. This is the motto you should live by. Once you have got cussed out by a female, that should be on your rubric: how not to get cussed out.
0: If you identify
1: <laughs> what got you cussed out, do not do it no more, because it's pointless. Like, not saying every female is the same, but. The first two or three days, people identify what they want, you know? And you gotta be able to be disciplined enough to say, even though she's gorgeous, she's smart, she's a doctor, I know I'm not gonna be able to provide that service that she needs. So I'm gonna take it just the same way we do in business. Yeah. You dealing with a client, the client said they need X, Y, and Z, and you know you can't provide that service, why you take the contract? Then you get mad when you get cussed out when the service is not complete. You know from the day one, you're not able to, you're not able to provide that service.
0: Let's transition to our last round, which is the future round, man. And basically, I just wanted to discuss. And before I even get to that, if you had to tell Carson Bird something, the younger Whoa. you, five years ago, what would you tell him?
1: Man. believe in yourself. You good, at, you, you know what I'm saying? You good, you great enough now. Uh, Quit drinking. And, um, if 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 y'all meant to be, let her go.
0: Mm. Say no more with that. Say no more with that, man. So, um, and then I got a couple questions this round. The first one being, and right now, where do you see yourself in the future, man? Just like this, this is all future round, future things, and your future, man. Because right now you're working on a lot of different projects, but if you kind of boil it down, and I know you never want to get put in a box, you are the most anti-box person I ever met in my entire life. So I'm not gonna put you in the <laughs> box To say one uh,
1: thing. Uh, I, I ain't anti <laughs> box I just think you should have more than one. Yeah. Like I don't I don't like I guess in the future for me, you know, probably gonna be I I'm I'm you know I'm gonna be the mayor of Dayton Ohio. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in the political space. I'm gonna go home and get my hometown jumping. Like I love my people. I, I think I think it's I think it's prime real estate. I think it's that place, that time. I shouldn't say that, you know what I'm saying, because like now you you tell people everything they gonna watch. So oh, yeah. I don't know. I just say <laughs> let, let, me, let me not say that. Let me just say, you know, a global thought leader, a business owner, you know, and uh, and a public speaker. That's 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 about it. That's what I see in the future. Like I, I don't know specifically what it's gonna look like, but Carson Berg, Carson gonna make sure black people good. That's my whole mo. Like money, cool, but I hate I hate to see black men not in, in, in power. Yeah, man. That's, I'm big on uh, and black male black male empowerment.
0: Yeah, but at the end of the day, that's a that's a great answer for yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you when you work, just know I'm working. That's what you're for. That means every day you just go ahead and give 110. So you never know what you're going. to You don't know what 10 weeks is going to look like. You, let alone five years in the future. So I, I respect that. I received that. I received that. But at the end of the day. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Um, for real, for real. I went, if it's all said and done, as long as I I have my son, and he said, you know, if I can if I can eliminate fifty percent of the mistakes I made for my son, man, I, I did a great job on Earth. Mm-hmm. It's really what I'm passionate about: living a legacy with my with my offspring, man. I want my son to be proud of me. I don't have no children, but whenever I have a son, my son, my daughters will be proud of me. I want my wife to be proud that she was married to me. I want my mother, you know, I want my mother to know that I did everything in my power to make sure that, you know, I kept her lights on and kept her healthy. You know, that's that's really what it's about for me. And on the business side, I created a I want to leave a legacy of creating a blueprint for, I would say, unorthodox success stories. You know, I I see a lot of people losing their mind, going crazy because they just creative beings and they just want to be able to flow and do whatever. And there's never been no blueprint or no system for them to do so. And that's what a Carson Bird is. I want a little cat 10 years from now to be like, look, I'm following Carson Bird's path. I'm going to go this. I'm going to go overseas. I'm going to do this because I, I ain't like I'll be honest. No, I, have, I I don't have a mentor. I've never read a book on how to be successful. I just I just take the risk. And then I turn around and there's like three or four people doing it my way and then they getting praised. I'm just like, just give me the shout out. <laughs> like, say so you got it from me because y'all was all scared. You know what I'm saying? I jumped out the porch. I was traveling the war before. I was overseas by myself, backpacking. Now everybody doing it. I'm just like, man, I, I guess I ain't doing it big enough, but that's all I want. <laughs> I just want the acknowledgement, like no, You know, I'm the first kid. You know, that's it. That's it. I always wanted to just be the first. Like, because I, me, I don't have no problem saying that. Like people, I looked up to Diddy. I mean, in college, I looked up to this guy named Yancey Merchant. I don't know Yancey hearing this. Yancey was he ain't know, but I was watching his every move. I have no problem saying where I got it from. But then when it's with me, it's like don't nobody want to acknowledge it. Like say you got it from the kid, man. I did it for you.
0: Yeah, nah, you hit on it. You hit that on the head, and I know we never touched about it. You can speak on it real quick. What what did you do abroad? Like, because I saw, I read it, I read it on the bio and whatnot. You traveled abroad, you did that, but what, where did that experience come in the timeline of Carson Bird?
1: Man, so I'm be honest with you, like I got accepted in that program when I graduated. You know, I graduated May 2011. Mm-hmm. 2011 was the best NFL draft class in the last 15 years, if you ask me. Cam Newton, Bob Miller, you know, Jimmy Carson, like we, we had the best class. You know, I I ended up getting cut. I didn't get drafted. I didn't get cut. So then, I believed in this thing called a success schedule. It's another component that just not working. I think a lot of times we try to re- reinvent the wheel instead of going back to a time and a place where we experienced our most success. And at that young age of what twenty two, the most success I had ever experienced was at Hampton University's campus. So I packed my bag when I got cut, and I just went back. I was staying with it. Then, um, then a then then a, a girlfriend, and basically what she told me, she was like. Person, you throw part like everybody loves going to your parties. Like I'm like, man, I'm more than I'm more than a promoter. She was like, yeah, you can promote anything because you can throw parties. And I went to the school and I basically told them I was like, look, I I want to throw parties, in, but I want to help y'all make money through homecoming party. They end up creating a position for me. You know, what I'm saying I wrote my own job description at a young age. But they weren't paying me no bread, and I just didn't want to become Van Wilder. You know, them cats that be around. <laughs> yeah. It was like 10 years. Like, I was like, man. Because in that when you live in an entertainment space, you could stay. You could be there 35, still throwing, you know what I'm saying, college parties. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But at that age, I was like, man, it, it got to be a little more for me. And then I saw the opportunity. You know, I was the token black guy. You know, they got to have that one black person for that quota. I I graduated uh I graduated as a history major with a three nine GPA. So a lot of a lot of schools, graduate it's schools. Gracious, boy. Yeah, so a lot of schools was looking at me. I ain't graduate college with a three nine. I graduated out of my major with a three nine. I graduated college with like a three three. You mm-hmm. know. But they gave me the opportunity and they said they said they was gonna pay for half of my it was a fifty thousand dollar program, they pay for half of it. And I was like, bro, I don't know nobody else from the hood that ever been overseas. I lived in China, you know, London. I'm like, I just wanted to be the first. So I jumped off that porch. You know what I'm saying? I had no, I had no, I I got a master's, but. Man, I just I learned so much over there. I started doing events. I did events for the university. I did our global our global conference on international relations. That put me in another category as far as being an event planner. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up hosting hip hop nights when I was over in uh China at Club Chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Just walking up to people saying, "Hey, this is what I do." I got to China with two dollars, and I end up leaving with like three thousand dollars wine in my pocket from just throwing parties. <laughs> you know, like that's what it. Like I don't know. You gonna put me? You know, like I said, put me in a room with tigers, man. I'm gonna come out. Like that's that's just I don't know. Like
0: that's a whole that's a whole another level. Right? I never I never knew that, man. I, I didn't see that online.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's I'm just kicking flavor with you, but that's what it was. Like I got over there. I got the um the the masters is in international relations with an emphasis in international political economy. So one of my goals, like being a college president, I want to take HB, HBCUs global. So that's why I got the program, because I already had, I got the global knowledge to understand how what it is to take the schools global and expose HBCU students to understanding that it's a bigger world than just the one that we live in. But at the same time, it was like they didn't pay us any stipend. So I was responsible for my travel. I was responsible for my travel and my food. My housing and my school was paid for, but my travel and my food. So it's like at that time, it was right after, you know, this 2013, yeah, 20, 2012, 2013, and we just coming out of the global recession. So the U.S. dollar, it was at its weakest point in the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. So the money that I had saved up really was cut in half when I got to the Eurozone. Oh. So my money, that's how I had to hustle because it was like I had money saved up. I had like $15,000 to my name, and I took my 15 grand. I was like, okay, I'm going to get this experience. That 15 grand turned into like $9,800 $9, real quick. hmm because of the pound, the euro—that's oh, why. You know so it, it it went away. Like I had it, but and people were like you didn't know. Like, nah, it ain't about managing your money. It's about understanding the forex and understanding currency currency exchange. You know, I was I learned so much over there, learning how to deal with the forex, and, and that's another thing I do. I, I a lot of I'm in the forex. Like I make a lot of money trading currency. You know what I'm saying? So, but I learned it over there because I was forced to learn it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I think one time when I was over there, a dollar in the UK, a dollar only equal forty seven cents. So I was losing fifty three cents to every time I was spending a dollar. So my money was in half almost.
0: And that's some next level stuff, man.
1: That's so some... <laughs> I just had to learn how to get it because it was like when you got to China. When I got to China, like one dollar equal thirty. At that time, it was thirty two of theirs. So I was like, bet, man. I was hosting parties. Normally, I charge like seven hundred dollars to host. I was hosting it for one fifty. Because I knew one fifty equal, you know one fifty times thirty. I'm like forty five hundred dollars. So it was like, I got forty five hundred dollars, and over there, like a a back was still only two dollars in their currency, which is like fifty cent ours. So that's how I was eating. Mm -hmm. So I was just like hustling, man, hustling, bro. Like it it was either sink or swim, bro. Because it was like nobody was over there. I was the only black person in the program, and you know.
0: Man, thank, thank you for sharing that with us, man. Thank you for sharing that with us, man. So the last section of the podcast, man, is the culture change round, where it's a series of five rapid-answer, rapid-fire questions. And just to get your feedback on, man, you ready to go? Yeah, man. I bet. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: Go to a historically black college and university. 100.
0: <laughs> 100. What is one of your personal habits that you can personally attribute to your success? Uh...
1: I would say observation. Mm, can you dig in a deep, uh, dig in a little deeper with that? Um, whenever I go into a new set, and I observe for maybe like six months to a year before I do anything. Mm-hmm. I adjust to people. I, I would say adjust. I'm an adjuster. A lot of people, a lot of people go into situations and tell people who they are. i I've listening, and I become what they need. So if I go in a room and they need a painter. I become a painter. I don't, I don't tell them I'm a, a marketer. They don't need, they don't need that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people suffer in business because they don't adjust. And that's why I, I guess Carson, what are you an expert in? I'm an expert in whatever you need.
0: <laughs> Straight up. That's real. That's man. I like that. I like that. I like that. Cause I'm just finally starting to really shift and adapt. Cause back in the day, I had the old mind. It's like, yo, I come in a room. I, I, I can't change. But as mm-hmm. I kind of grew up and matured and honestly, Really assess my skill set. That's when I started to be like, "Oh, I can do that. Oh, I am that. I I can give strategic consulting advice on student engagement." I didn't think back in the day if you could, if you need, if you want to look for a speaker, then I couldn't be of no value. Mm But once you really reevaluate and and think, then and I think that comes with just humility as well. Because you can easily walk in the room and be like, well, I've done global events and X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Nah, but, bro. But it's not, if they ain't asking for that, and you sharing that, it's going to make you look like, like
1: what, bro? At Wait the a- end of the day, I'm learning one thing. Keep component. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? Amen. <laughs> everybody, everybody out here trying to get it. You know what I'm saying? So I respect everything. I just, that's just me. I've been like that from a little boy. Me transitioning from sports to everything. I just was the adjuster. Like Carson, you know, Carson. I want you to do this. I'm like, mm, I'm not good at that. Okay, Carson. We are gonna pay you ten thousand for that. I'm an expert at that. <laughs> you wanna pay me ten racks? I can do that for you.
0: What is your favorite book and why?
1: Mm. I would say, uh, as a man thinking, um, by James Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the shortest read anybody's gonna ever read. Um, women, females should read it too. And it's just about changing, changing. Your mentality about what where you are, you know what I'm saying. I was a born pessimist. Um, I'm bi- I'm big in metaphysic metaphysics and things of that nature. I'm a Scorpio. Scorpios we very black and white. We very realistic. We look at the end, you know what I'm saying. We look at the we look, you know sometimes we look at the the glass half empty. And mm. that book helped me to look at the glass half full. So I think that that book changed my life. And then um, my other literature that I really liked the most growing up was The Great Gatsby. That's really who I passion my part, pattern my my um, part of my life. After he was very mysterious, but he had a lot of power. I really love that. Like Carson, what do you do? I don't know. You know, I do whatever you say. <laughs> you, you still want to be around Carson? And I just love that about the great Gatsby. Like he was able, he was able to, you know, navigate a life that he could have never that. If he would have told his actual where he came from, he would have never been able to navigate the way like, he was able to navigate. He adjusted. He adjusted to the people. He found exactly what the people wanted. and He became that. Mm, that's real,
0: bro. What inspires you the most and keeps you motivated?
1: Uh, I would say my mother. My mother, my mother, she stayed for a breast cancer survivor. she got diagnosed in tw- 2003, 2016. she'd been living with it for 13 years, holistic medicine, she'd been through it all, you know, and I ain't never seen her complain or cry ever. She ain't never said God, why me. She just kept it funky. She made a decision to live and she kept living, good or bad, but she ain't never die on me. so I mean that's, I, I learned a new I knew I, I found a new appreciation for for women through seeing my mother. You know what I'm saying? They they got they can go through some things I don't think men can go through. So that's my motivation. Like if she can if she can wake up every day, she make a decision every day to live, I can make a decision every day to fight.
0: Say no more on that one. If you were the president of the United States, what would be the first thing you would do?
1: Mm. I would the first thing I would do, I would probably uh I'd probably delete the Federal Reserve. I would make a federal i would i would delete the federal reserve to 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 balance the market to balance the budget it's too it's too many it's it's not enough people of minority descent to have their hands in the banking world and the fact that we pay uh government taxes to a privatized bank i don't believe is right so I would eliminate the federal reserve that's what i would do mm, that's
0: that's a very, very mature. I've never heard that answer in this before. I've heard cookouts. I've heard, I've heard a lot of stuff, but nah, I love that. I love that. I love that. The last question of the whole podcast, man, for right now is: if you had one wish, right? If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be, and why?
1: Black culture. Boo, 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 boo. Oh, that's a good question, bro. Um, I'd probably change. I would change the education system, the way we think about education. Mm-hmm. We 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 still go to school and get liberal arts degrees when we live in a technology based economy. It's pointless. Like black people, we don't adjust. We we don't adjust as quick as other cultures do to the current. We we love to. We love to be stuck in the past, you know. This is the way it's supposed to be. Only thing that's just that should stay remain the same is your morals, but everything else should, should, should change. And I think education, like, I my dream is to develop uh, the African American curriculum because it's like you meet a person from LA, you meet a person from Detroit, you meet a person from Durham. They all, they none of them got the same thought process on how to make money. But if you meet a Jewish person from Quebec, you meet a Jewish person from London, you meet a Jewish person from South Africa, you put them in a room, they already got the same concepts of how to make money. That's the only thing I would change It's just our curriculum, the way we wire on, the light skin, dark skin, all that stuff. All of that stuff would change once we make money. Most of our problems are economic. It ain't even social. Like I ain't got no beef with no black man, no black woman, especially if, you know what I'm saying, my life is on, they life is on. I think we all be peaceful but a lot of us are economically distressed we live in we live in economic war zones and they want us to function with normalcy you can't for, function with normalcy when you're stressed economically in a capitalist society is no way it is humanly impossible to keep saying god going to fix it it's like after a while it's like man you got to create a system yeah and after a while you're going to start resenting god and then, exactly. and then once, and once that it, comes then that's a hub. <laughs> It's the whole not you, you feel me. Yeah. So, I'm saying get your money together and then everything else will fall into place. Not saying I'm not saying everybody deserves, you know, what I'm saying everybody should be a millionaire, but like I do believe in a lot of socialist principles like education, healthcare, and as well as homing, homing and food. Like, is every black person should have that? You should never be stressed if your life's about to be cut off, where your next meal because then you start to see the vile nature of human beings. You eliminate the 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 fear. You eliminate vibe, but, but, uh, the 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 vile nature. I believe so.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Nah, you hit on the head, man. You dropped a lot of a lot a lot of jewels today, man. So for our audience, for everybody that's tuning into this podcast, where can we find you on social media? And where can we get if we want to reach out, get in contact, to see what you do, or what you're all about? Where can we find you at, bro?
1: Um, you can you can check out the site um, CarsonBird.com. That's C A R S O N B Y. R D dot com. My Instagram is carsonbird.com but it's spelled out with one D. So it's C O C A R S O N B Y R D O T C O M. It's the same on Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, and then also you can follow us and check us out at just know I'm working. Just know I'm working without a dot com as well as just Know I'm Working Without a G on Instagram as well as Twitter. Um success advocacy as well as what I got going on. Um. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff popping. If y'all, if y'all in DC, clear calendars. August twelfth for the Black Alumni Networking Expo. Uh, as well as check out word of mouth. Um, Hip hop karaoke for the urban millennial. And then um, check me out on, on the Minority Trailblazers podcast. I mean, what else we promote, Greg? They yeah, every- can find me everywhere. Yeah, bro.
0: Everywhere. Like as, as everywhere. When, this, when this show hit the hit the fan, man, is going... You gonna have are gonna have all that and more, man. So from the bottom of my heart and from from everybody Minority Trouble Is a Nation that tunes in every week as download, as rated the podcast and has us as one of the top urban millennial podcasts on the market. We like to thank you, man.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you, man. You, you know, introduced me this summer. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get my podcast game going, man. You shouldn't
0: you didn't you should have been did that, man. I, <laughs> Um, it's all
1: about time it's all about time and getting your content together and stuff like that it's all love
0: once again thank you minority trailblazer nation for tuning in to another episode of the podcast make sure you leave a review and make sure you do that one thing what is that one thing mr hill that one thing is to change the freaking culture good night